Welcome to the first episode of the Aggregator Shopify app podcast. We're excited to have Noah Tucker, the founder of Social Snowball, here with us. In today's episode, Noah speaks about being a non-technical founder in the Shopify app space, emphasizes the importance of finding the right marketing channels for your app, and shares some of his best tips for growth. Let's get into it. Hey Noah, how's it going? Really excited to have you on the Aggregator podcast, um, and excited to have this conversation. Um, with you, but just real quick before we get started, you want to introduce yourself and the app, um, just for the benefit of our listeners. Yeah, of course, of course. Well, first, thank you for having me. Um, my name is Noah, and I'm the founder of Social Snowball. Um, do you want to speak a little bit about what Social Snowball does and who definitely um, who your sort of core customer is? Totally. Yes. Yeah. So we're an affiliate platform for direct consumer brands. We focus on converting your customers and owned audiences into affiliates, slightly different than the more legacy affiliate model of working with bigger publishers and influencers. We take the scalability of that affiliate marketing model and democratize it down to the consumer level. Nice, very interesting. Um, so yeah, what, you know, just to kick things off, what sort of led you to the Shopify app ecosystem? So before I even thought I was ever going to build an app, um, I, I come from the merchant side of the ecosystem. So, you know, since right out of high school, I was building stores, um, doing a lot of marketing services for stores. So a lot of paid ads, um, you know, building affiliate programs was, was a huge part of it as well. Um, and I kind of was just doing that for many years, um, you know, through college afterwards, um, I was building stores. Um, doing consulting services for other stores and just very focused on that whole merchant side of the ecosystem. Um, that's kind of how I got involved in the Shopify world altogether. And then it eventually kind of um, led me to, to the app side eventually. Got it. Uh, so that actually plays in perfectly with my next question is how did you pick what problem you wanted to solve? Was it something that you saw when you were on the merchant side or was it something that you heard from other folks? How, how did you sort of decide that, okay, this is what I want to go after? It was fully to scratch my own itch. Um, since I had, you know, come from the merchant side, and like, like I briefly said, I was, I was building a lot of affiliate programs. So any store that I would work on, or if I was doing a consulting service or helping another brand, I would always, you know, help them build an affiliate program. Um, but the type of affiliate program I would build would be very customer focused. It wouldn't be like the more traditional affiliate model with, with publishers. Um, so kind of like an ambassador program. But what I would what we would do is we would actually take like the scalability of affiliate marketing, which is like you know cash incentives and, and sending payouts, um, and bring that to customers. And the tech that existed um, just didn't make it very easy. And there was, and I mean that's just one of the things that they made difficult was was sending cash payouts at at a, at a massive scale. Um, but there was a bunch of things, like a bunch of things that seemed like they should have been automated that were not automated, a lot of really unfriendly customer facing interface um, and, and just just like an unpleasant experience overall. So I had been using those affiliate tools that already existed in the Shopify ecosystem for many years. Um, I even tried to kind of set up my own thing using like Zapier, connecting it to Klaviyo. Um, and I mean, it wasn't I wouldn't have call, I wouldn't even call it an MVP. It wasn't even an app, but I just wanted to build some level of automation that wasn't doable with the tools that existed in the Shopify ecosystem. Um, and after, you know, three, four years of just dealing with the tools that were out there and trying to make my own and being very frustrated, I started speaking to other e-commerce founders in, in, in my network and people were, it was pretty like unanimous that people were searching for a better affiliate tool. Um, and even people who weren't building the exact types of affiliate programs that I were, um, that I was, they, they were still pretty unhappy with the tools that existed in the space. And that's kind of when I realized like, oh, okay, 
there's actually something to be built here. Um, but I don't come from a tech background whatsoever. So getting something off the ground, yeah, I could definitely talk about that. That was a bit of a nightmare. Um, but that's kind of how the idea came to be. Yeah, that, um, you know, it's interesting because a lot of the players in the Shopify app or the Shopify app store tend to be, um, you know, more tech focused, more developers. Um, so no, I think that's definitely something I want to hear a little bit more about. Um, but just leading into that, what were some of the biggest challenges you faced when you were getting started with the app? Well, I mean, just, just, just me being non-technical, like that made things really difficult. So like, I didn't know anything about software, anything about like the pro like product development and all this was brand new to me. Um, so I had a little bit of money. So I was able to bootstrap just, just from my e-commerce days. I had a little bit of money that I could put into this to, just to get something off the ground. So I found an agency that told me they could do like a done for you package where they would like build the entire MVP along with like web, the website UI UX. And I was like, oh, perfect. Like that's exactly what I need. Um, they, they told me it would take about three months to get an MVP like submitted to this Shopify app store. And it took 15 months for me to terminate the contract with them early because something there still wasn't an MVP ready for the Shopify app store. Um, so that was obviously like incredibly frustrating to deal with. Um, and then afterwards, you know, I ended up hiring freelancers. We were able to get something. Um, we were able to fix up the, the almost MVP that the agency created get it submitted to the shop for app store. And then we at least had a working MVP. Um, and then, you know, moving forward, I never had a technical co-founder from the beginning. So um, we do have a CTO now, which, you know, was also very difficult to find, but I would say like my biggest challenge getting off the ground and even, you know, up until recently um, was just not having that technical lead with me in the beginnings. And, and as you know, I'm sure most people that are interviewing probably are engineers themselves. So me not having that and also not having a technical co-founder I was definitely playing at a, at a disadvantage um, th throughout that entire time. No, I can imagine it's, uh, it's a pretty intimidating space to get started in. Um, but just from there, so as you sort of scaled and, you know, obviously right now you have loads of customers gone through a lot of that initial issue. How have you sort of structured it in terms of what role marketing plays in it? So I know when we speak, to a lot of people or the prevailing view in the ecosystem is that especially getting started the tech quality matters more but as you scale and as you sort of get to a point where you're really happy and you have achieved some sort of product market fit you're more focused on actually being in front of customers like doing the customer service doing the marketing how do you sort of look at that in terms of your strategy especially given that that's something your expertise is in yeah, I mean, my brain is definitely a marketing brain. So like, that's kind of what I focus my energy into. I would say as a business, we're still very product focused and we're, we invest probably over 10 times more into product than we do into marketing. Um, but that being said, like what I contribute, what I bring to the table to the team is, is definitely like the marketing. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's a huge role. I mean, we grew really, really quickly when we launched. Um, within three months, we were already at 10K MRR, which is crazy. And it was just from aggressively marketing because from my like this is just me being naive and this being my first uh, software product but i just assumed that once we had an mvp um you know all we'd have to do is market and that everyone was going to love it and we barely have to build anything anything new i knew we'd have to build a little bit but i was like oh, i'll just have like one developer working part-time like building a feature here and there that's how i imagined it so once we did launch um you know had a little bit of money saved up to spend on marketing and i just deployed it all 
Um, and obviously like we had a good product, like even the MVP was a good product because we did grow really fast and we retained those users. So it's not that it's not that the product didn't matter, but I did spend a lot of marketing and it did pay off well. Um, so, I mean, it, it played and still plays a huge role in, 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 in the business. And I mean, now I say like, we don't, like I'm saying we're very product focused, spending 10 X more on product than we are on marketing. We still do a lot of free, like free marketing stuff. So I'm not, we're not neglecting marketing. We're very focused on branding we definitely have built a really solid brand around ourselves on social media which is really important um even though that's not very expensive it's it's you know time that you're investing and it's it's other types of resources that you're investing besides money so i mean it, it plays a huge role and there's we've we've played with every marketing channel that you, you could ever think of um so we got to kind of see what works well for us what doesn't work well for us you know and what works well for social snowball um, might not work well for another shop vibe and vice versa because we you know learned the hard way um through trial and error like where who our icp is and, and where they where they are and how we and like what we can do marketing wise to get in front of them so kind of a long answer to your question but it definitely plays a, a very important role yeah i think it's interesting and you know one one piece you sort of touched upon was retaining customers um and i think they're sort of at least the way I view it, there are a couple of parts to that, right? Like, A, obviously you need a high quality product because if your product isn't great, there's several others that are and people will be happy to switch. I think what's interesting is when, and it's a point that a lot of categories are getting to in the Shopify um, app ecosystem is that there's several products that are high quality um, and, you know, performing all the tasks you needed to. How do you sort of, focus marketing efforts or branding efforts on just increasing loyalty and retention? Um, or how do you sort of think about that as part of the marketing strategy? Yeah, I mean, I would say like more so than marketing, it, it definitely is just having a great product. Although there are, you know, debatably other solid affiliate platforms in the Shopify ecosystem, there's certain features that we have that other platforms don't have. So if a merchant is looking for like what we offer, then they're gonna, they're gonna stick to us because it's what we specialize in. It's what we do better than anyone else. Um, so it's definitely, it definitely starts with product, but I mean, beyond that, I'd say like support is, is incredibly important. So we, you know, every, every Shopify app these days has really good live chat support, but we take it a step further, especially with our um, larger clients, like our enterprise clients that we, that, you know, we make more money off of that are just very important to us. We go a step further and we create a Slack connect channel between our organization and their organization. Um, we have like a super, we have even faster than live chat response time within the Slack Connect channel. Um, in most of the Slack Connect channels, like occasionally um, talking to merchants, which they, they obviously love. Um, and we even assign them account managers, which will send their payouts for them, which is like an ongoing thing that when you have an affiliate program you have to do. Um, we make sending payouts really easy, but some merchants, um, especially a lot of big ones, don't even want to have to ever log into their interface. So we'll send their payouts for them and send them a report of the sent payouts in Slack. So they come from like, you know, they switch over from one of these legacy tools um, in the Shopify app store that like is notorious for like not great support and they have to wait two days for an email back in with us. They're talking to the CEO in the Slack channel and having an account manager log into their account and send their payouts for them and, and making jokes with them in Slack and talking, you know, direct to consumer marketing strategies. It's just, it's just a much different experience. So we, we really focus on support and even in live chat, even with the merchants that we don't have that super hands-on experience with, like we're still, you know, talking to people like they're people or, you know, making jokes, making things fun. You know, we're, we're definitely trying to really focus on, uh, on, on support and making the experience for merchants through support as, as amazing as possible. I'd say that's probably our biggest um, tool in, in retention. 
That's interesting. I think um, very, very interesting way to look at it. I'm, I'm curious though, that sort of answers for the most part my next question. Um, but when it comes to differentiating from your competition, then would you say that features and, you know, I know for social snowball, um, y'all do things slightly differently and you'll have features that a lot of apps won't have. But when you look at apps um, that have sort of more similarities of solving a very niche pain point that then becomes slightly more commoditized, assuming that there are a couple of products in the same space which are doing the same thing, would you say that customer service is, according to you, the most important tool of differentiation and retention? Or would it still come down to innovating on product or would it be a mix of both? How do you sort of think about that as well? I mean, if we were to just like make up a scenario where there is another app that existed that was identical to Social Snowball, just on the product side, I would say the two things that would still make us sticky would one be brand because you can't fake brand. Like we are, you know, reputable. We've partnered with a lot of Shopify apps much bigger than us. And, you know, we're partnered with agencies that everyone knows about. So like we have that brand and that reputation that took, you know, over a year to build and, and we're still building it every day so that you know people like us and they trust us and they know us so that's like one thing that you can't fake and, and that will always be helping us and then too yeah i'd say support i'd say support is really important but i mean this is also in the hypothetical situation that our product is identical to other products out there which is not the case so people i know stay because of the product and at the end of the day you know that's that's the one that's the one thing that we'll always have kind of makes sense um, so I think one thing, you know, that I've learned from you um, and just following you on Twitter is just generally how to sort of run influence marketing campaigns for Shopify apps. I know that's not a very common strategy yeah. um, and not a strategy a lot of people employ, but we'd love to hear a little bit more about your perspective on that. Oh, I mean, influencers have driven a, a significant part of our growth a, a very significant chunk of our installs have come from influencers i definitely to be fully transparent had a leg up on other apps to work with influencers because my time in the merchant side of the e-commerce world i built relationships with all these influencers um, and, I, and i you know i'm very close friends with a lot of influencers so people um that are like a little bit harder to reach or maybe they would want to charge like tens of thousands of dollars for a video would I could text them and they'll make a video and include me in it as a favor which is definitely like an unfair advantage that I had but that being said I I, I took advantage of, of that because you know that's an advantage I have of course I'm not going to not take advantage of that so I did take advantage of that in the beginning and then I saw how well it performed and then moving forward I still I mean recently we've been mostly product focused but for a long time we were investing in new influencer partnerships and that was you know, cold DMing people on, on TikTok and, 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 you know, YouTubers and um, just trying to get new partnerships because, you know, we already kind of exhausted the audiences of the people in my immediate circle. And I knew that it performed well. So I was like, okay, we have to scale this to a bigger level. So yeah, I mean, working with influencers is definitely something all Shopify apps should be doing. Um, the cool thing is that not a lot are. So the ones who do will stand out. And they'll be able to tap into into an into audiences and, and a piece of the market that is not really being advertised to a lot. So like TikTok, for example, like there's a huge side of TikTok that's just like e-commerce TikTok and Shopify TikTok. So there's a ton of creators in the space, obviously, that have big followings and all their videos get pushed out to that side of TikTok. Um, and if you could, you know, reach out to them and have them create content for you, like it's super powerful because just not that many apps are doing it. 
Um, and, and that's kind of the lowest hanging fruit. Like with TikTok, you don't really have to pay a lot for a video. And a lot of the creators on TikTok aren't making a lot of money anyway. So they're very happy to work with anyone. Um, YouTube is a little bit, uh, there's a little bit more of a barrier to entry just because the people on YouTube usually are making a lot of money already. Um, and they will charge a lot more for a video. Most cases, you could obviously find some like micro influencers that are, will do a video for like a thousand bucks, but it's just a little bit more difficult. It's a very interesting strategy, you know, especially um, I, I come from marketing background as well. I ran my own agency for a while, worked D2C merchant side, worked in venture capital for a bit. Um, and when I thought about marketing for Shopify apps, my mind goes straight to Reddit, goes straight to sort of blogs, case studies, you know, some of the more generic things that you would do typically for like SaaS or like enterprise software. Um, so no, I, I do think it's very interesting how you're thinking about in leveraging influencers for something like this. Um, move on, moving on to slightly more generic questions as we get to the end of this, um, what would be the one or two things that you say excite you the most about the Shopify app ecosystem moving ahead, say for the next decade or so? That's a great question. I mean, I think it's just really cool. Well, one, I'm really happy that Shopify um, is no longer taking that 20%. Um, I think that, you know, I mean, they knew what they were doing there. They, they're, it was a very smart move on their part. They were really, like their whole goal is to make e-commerce better for the merchant. And by doing this, more developer, developers will build apps and they'll compete with each other and they'll build better apps. And then it'll be a better experience for merchants. And that's where their money is made. So it was, it was a really cool move to see Shopify do that. A lot of businesses would not take that step. Um, I'd say like, you know, since they've done that, obviously the app store has grown a ton. I'm excited to see how it continues to grow. I mean, I guess this is kind of the most like vanilla answer I could give to your question, but I've seen so many really cool Shopify apps. I mean, and this is really all just on Twitter, but in the past like six months to a year, I've seen so many really cool Shopify apps pop up and, um, and you know, post on Twitter and then just ideas that I've never thought of. And I could tell people are like, you know, more motivated than ever to create Shopify apps and people like people who are not com from, coming from tech backgrounds whatsoever, like myself, can now you know build and, and create for the Shopify ecosystem. So, I mean, I'm just very excited to see how that continues to develop over the next few years. I, I have some theories. I'm not sure if it's gonna continue to grow at the rate that it is, or if, you know, like I always see 100 upsell apps being created every day. It seems like it's like how many upsell apps could there be? So I, I'm curious to what happens when everyone is making like the same app essentially, but at the same time, it's gonna just create more competition and the, the best one is gonna, is gonna win. So I'm definitely curious to see how like th that evolves over the next couple of years. Yeah, 100% agree. It, it's, um, it's at the space where suddenly it's generating a lot of attention um, totally. and it's gonna be interesting to see how that consolidation or fragmentation happens in the next few years. Um, last question. What advice would you have for someone just getting started in the app ecosystem? As you mentioned, lots of new apps being created every day. A lot of people sort of looking for ways to enter the market. What advice do you have for them? Biggest one, and I talk about this on Twitter all the time, stop relying on the app store for, for traffic and installs. Like the app store is one partner. Think of it as one partner. Obviously it's an important one, but it's one partner. You should have a hundred partners and you're relying on all of them equally. The app store is good for bringing you traffic and you shouldn't neglect optimizing and ranking, but it can't be your only, and maybe it used to be because I'm also a, a newbie to the Shopify app world. Like, you know, my app went live like 
a year and four months ago or something like that. So it's not like I've been around for five years, but I've heard that in the past, you could just really focus on ranking and you will get like 50 installs a day on autopilot. And you know, if you have your retention unlocked, like it'll just scale to the moon like that. And that's awesome. But that's like a, a world that I never even experienced. Like since the day I launched Social Snowball, it was not possible or maybe it was possible, but it wasn't for me at least to, to just like optimize an app store listing and scale to the moon. And a lot of, I think a lot of app developers are scared to try their own marketing and they just want to focus on the app store optimization because they're worried that it's expensive. And a lot of, especially in the Shopify ecosystem, there's so many indie developers and bootstrappers and people don't want to have to like take money from the business and, and invest it into marketing because they're scared to. But like what I, what I always tell people is like, there's a lot of really, really cheap, low hanging fruit marketing activities that you can do that not only one will get you installs and traffic, but it'll two build brand reputation. So like, for example, I always talk about like co-marketing partnerships. It's such low hanging fruit, like just create a blog, start creating content and then partner with other apps or agencies and, and write content for their blog, have them write content for your blog. Then you guys share it on each channel. So you can do features within the app. You could have a partner directory, little like co-marketing partnerships like that are basically free and can, can be pretty significant needle movers and as far as traffic and installs and, and will undeniably be built, building your brand because people will associate your logo next to another logo. And maybe they've seen that logo before and they trust that logo and they see that you're partnered with them and it'll just build, build that reputation. So you know, to make a very long story short, don't just rely on the app store. There is like cheap, low hanging fruit that you can be taking advantage of. And I like really think all app developers should be. Yeah, I love it. That's great advice. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Noah, for giving us time. Really appreciate it. This was very, very helpful. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners will agree with that as well. So appreciate it. Best of luck with the app. And yeah, I look forward to speaking soon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure.